This is the Poetry Foundation's Essential American Poets podcast. Essential American Poets is an online audio poetry collection. The poets in the collection were selected in 2006 by Donald Hall when he was Poet Laureate. Recordings of the poets he selected are available online at poetryfoundation.org and poetryarchive.org. In this edition of the podcast, we'll hear poems by George Oppen. George Oppen was born in 1908 in a suburb of New York City. Oppen's father was a diamond merchant, and Oppen's youth was full of sailboats, horses, expensive cars, and frequent trips to Europe. He was also close to the family butler, who taught him carpentry. Oppen went to college in Oregon, where he met a fiercely independent young woman named Mary Colby. They hit it off on their first date and broke curfew to stay up all night together. When they were found out, Oppen was suspended and Colby was expelled. In response, the pair dropped out, got married, and stuck up their thumbs. They spent their long honeymoon hitchhiking across the country and working odd jobs along the way. The Oppens eventually landed in New York City, where Oppen began his career as a poet. In the early 1930s, he became part of a literary movement called Objectivism. Objectivist poets were concerned with creating a poetic structure that could be perceived as a whole, rather than a series of imprecise but evocative images. Their focus on clarity and concrete language was influential to many later poets. In the mid-1930s, however, the Great Depression and coming war pressured Oppen to give up poetry for a life of carpentry, political activism, and military service. He wouldn't return to poetry for 30 years. In the late 30s, Oppen worked as a carpenter, organized strikes, and spent a brief time in the Communist Party. In the 40s, Oppen volunteered to serve in World War II and fought on the Maginot Line. In the 50s, the Oppens felt the pressure of McCarthy and fled south to Mexico. In the 60s, after McCarthy's death, the Oppens returned to the U.S. and George returned to writing poetry. Oppen went on to publish five more collections of poetry, including Of Being Numerous, which won a Pulitzer Prize in 1969. Oppen's work remains highly regarded for its clarity, craftsmanship, and philosophical respect for the singularity of things. Oppen developed Alzheimer's disease late in life and died in 1984 at the age of 76. The poems you are about to hear were recorded at various times and published on CD by New Directions. Song. In the small beauty of the forest, the wild deer bedding down, that they are there, their eyes, effortless, the soft lips, nuzzle on the alien's small teeth, tear at the grass, the roots of it dangle from their mouths, scattering earth in the strange woods, they who are there, their paths, nibble through the fields, the leaves that shade them, hang in the distances of sun, the small nouns, crying faith, in this in which the wild deer startle and stare out. This is the image of the engine. Likely is not a ruined head gasket, spitting at every power stroke, if not a crankshaft bearing, knocking at the roots of the thing like a pile driver. A machine involved with itself, a concentrated hot lump of a machine geared in the loose mechanics of the world, 
with the valves jumping and the heavy frenzy of the pistons. When the thing stops, is stopped with the last slow cough in the manifold, the flywheel blundering against compression, stopping, finally stopped, compression leaking from the idle cylinders. Will one imagine then, because he can imagine, that squeezed from the cooling steel, the hovers in that moment, wraith-like and like a plume of steam, an aftermath, a still and quiet angel of knowledge and of comprehension. Endlessly, endlessly, the definition of mortality, the image of the engine that stops. We cannot live on that. I know that no one would live out 30 years, 50 years if the world were ending with this life. The machine stares out, stares out with all its eyes, through the glass with the ripple in it, past the sill, which is dusty if there is someone in the garden outside and so beautiful. What ends is that? Even companionship ending. I want to ask if you remember when we were happy, as though all travels ended untold, all embarkations founded. On that water, gray with morning, the gull will fold its wings and sit. And with its two eyes, there as much as anything, can watch a ship and all its hallways and all companions sink. Also, he has set the world in their hearts from lumps, chunks. We are locked out like children seeking love at last among each other with their first full strength the young go search for it. But even the beautiful bony children who arise in the morning have left behind them worn and squalid toys in the trash, which is a grimy death of love. The lost glitter of the stores, the streets of stores, and every crevice of the city leaking rubble, concrete, conduit, pipe, a crumbling rubble of our roots, but they will find in flood, storm, ultimate mishap, earth, water, the tremendous surface, the heart thundering, absolute desire. This is from a photograph. Her arms around me, child around my head, hugging with the whole arms, whole arms as if I were a loved and native rock, the apple in her hand, her apple and her father, and my nose pressed hugely to the collar of her winter coat. There in the photograph, it is the child who is the branch we fall from, where it would be bramble, brush, bramble in the young winter, 
with its blowing snow, she must have thought was ours to give to her. Leviathan. Truth also, the pursuit of it, like happiness, and it will not stand. Even the verse begins to eat away in the acid. Pursuit, pursuit, the wind moves a little, moving in a circle, very cold. How shall we say in ordinary discourse? We must talk now. I am no longer sure of the words, the clockwork of the world. What is inexplicable is the preponderance of objects, the skylights daily with that predominance, and we have become the present. We must talk now. Fear is fear, but we abandon one another. I'll read you five poems about poetry. The gesture. The question is, how does one hold an apple? Who likes apple? And how does one handle filth? The question is, how does one hold something in the mind which he intends to grasp? And how does the salesman hold a bauble he intends to sell, the question is, when will there not be a hundred poets who mistake that gesture for a style? The little hole in the eye, Williams called it the little hole, has exposed us naked to the world and will not close. Blankly the world looks in and we compose colors in the sense of home and there are those in it so violent and so alone, they cannot rest. Sing like a bird of the open sky, but no bird is a man like the grip of the Roman hand on his shoulder, the certainties of time and of place held him, I think, with the pain and the casual horror of the iron and may have left no hope of doubt whereas we have won doubt from the iron itself and hope in death, so that if a man lived forever, he would outlive hope. I imagine open sky over Gethsemane. Surely it was this sky. Impossible to doubt the world that can be seen, and because it is irrevocable, it cannot be understood, and I believe that fact is lethal. And man may find his catastrophe his millennium of obsession, air moving, a stone on a stone, something balanced momentarily, and time might the lion lie down in the forest less fierce and solitary than the world of walls of whose future may last forever. I, says the buzzard, I, mind, has evolved too long if life is a search for advantage. At whose behest does the mind think art also is not good for us unless, like the fool, persisting in his folly it may rescue us as only the true might rescue us gathered in the smallest corners of man's triumph. Parve pour, begin, O oh small boy, 
to be born, on whom his parents have not smiled. No god thinks worthy of his table, no goddess of her bed. Song, The Winds of Downhill. Out of poverty to begin, again impoverished of tone, of pose, that common wealth of knowledge, who so poor the words would with and take on substantial meaning, handholds, footholds to dig in one's heels, sliding hands and heels beyond the residential lots, the plots that is a poem which may be sung, may well be sung. There are things we live among and to see them is to know ourselves, the currents, a part of an infinite series, the sad marvels. Of this was told a tale of our wickedness. It is not our wickedness. You remember that old town we went to when we sat in the ruined window and we tried to imagine that we belonged to those times. It is dead and it is not dead. And you cannot either imagine either its life or its death. The earth speaks, and the salamander speaks. The spring comes and only obscures it. So spoke of the existence of things, an unmanageable pantheon, absolute, but they say, Arab. City of the corporations, glassed in dreams and images and the pure joy of the mineral fact Though it is impenetrable as the world, if it is matter, is impenetrable. The emotions are engaged entering the city as entering any city. We are not coeval with the locality, but we imagine others are. We encounter them, actually. A populace flows through the city. This is a language, therefore, of New York. For the people of that flow are new, the old, new to age as the young, to youth and to their dwelling, for which the tarred roofs and the stoops and doors, a world of stoops, our petty alibi and satirical wit will not serve. The great stone above the river, in the pylon of the bridge, 1875, frozen in the moonlight, in the frozen air over the footpath, consciousness which has nothing to gain, which awaits nothing, which loves itself. We are pressed, pressed on each other. We will be told at once of anything that happens, and the discovery of fact bursts in a paroxysm of emotion, now as always, Crusoe, we say was rescued, so we have chosen, obsessed, bewildered by the shipwreck of the singular, we have chosen the meaning of being numerous. Amorphati, the love of fate, for which the city alone is audience, perhaps blasphemous. Slowly over islands, destinies, moving steadily past and change in the thin sky over islands among days, having only the force 
of days, most simple, most difficult. Whether, as the intensity of seeing increases, one's distance from them, the people, does not also increase. I know, of course I know, I can enter no other place. Yet I am one of those who from nothing but man's way of thought and one of his dialects and what has happened to me have made poetry. To dream of that beach for the sake of an instant in the eyes, the absolute singular, the unearthly bonds of the singular, which is the bright light of shipwreck. Or in that light, new arts, dithyrambic, audiences, artists, but I will listen to a man, I will listen to a man, and when I speak, I will speak, though he will fail, and I will fail, but I will listen to him speak. The shuffling of a crowd is nothing well, nothing but the many that we are, but nothing, urban art, art of the cities, art of the young in the cities. The isolated man is dead, his world around him exhausted. And he fails, he fails, that meditative man. And indeed they cannot bear it. It is that light seeps anywhere, a light for the times, in which the buildings stand on low ground, their pediments just above the harbor, absolutely immobile, hollow, available. You could enter any building. You could look from any window. One might wave to himself from the top of the Empire State Building. Speak, if you can, speak. Phyllis, not neoclassic. The girl's name is Phyllis. Coming home from a first job on the bus in the bare civic interior, among those people, the small doors, opening on the night at the curb, her heart, she told me, suddenly tight with happiness. So small a picture. A spot of light on the curb, it cannot demean us. I, too, am in love down there with the streets and the square slabs of pavement to talk of the house and the neighborhood and the docks, and it is not art. In these explanations, it is presumed that an experiencing subject is one occasion of a sensitive reaction to an actual world. The rain falls that had not been falling, and it is the same world. They made small objects of wood and the bones of fish and of stone. They talked, families talked, they gathered in council and spoke, carrying objects. They were credulous, the things shown in the forest. They were patient with the world. This will never return, never, unless having reached their limits, they will begin over, that is, over and over. Unable to begin at the beginning of fortune, find everything already here. They are shoppers, choosers, judges, and here the brutal is without issue, a dead end. They develop argument in order to speak they become unreal unreal life loses solidity loses extent baseball's their game because baseball is not a game but an argument and difference of opinion makes the horse races they are ghosts that endanger one's soul there is change in an air that smells stale they will come to the end of an era first of all peoples and one may honorably keep 
his distance if he can. I cannot even now altogether disengage myself from those men with whom I stood in emplacements and mess tents, in hospitals and sheds and hid in the gullies of blasted roads in a ruined country among the many men more capable than I, Micah, and a sergeant named Healy, that lieutenant also. How forget that, how talk distantly of the people who are that force within the walls of cities where in their cars echo like history down walled avenues in which one cannot speak. Chorus, androgynous, find me so that I will exist, find my navel, so that it will exist, find my nipples, so that they will exist, find every hair of my belly, I am good or I am bad, find me. He who will not work shall not eat. And only he who is troubled shall find rest. And only he who descends into another world shall rescue his beloved. And only he who unsheathes his knife shall be given Isaac again. He who will not work shall not weep. But he who will work shall give birth to his own father. The roots of words dim in the subways. There is madness in the number of the living, a state of matter. There is nobody here but us chickens, anti-ontology. He wants to say his life is real. No one can say why. It is not easy to speak a ferocious mumbling in public of rootless speech. It is the air of atrocity. An event as ordinary as a president, the plume of smoke visible at a distance in which people burn. Now in the helicopters, the casual will is atrocious. Insanity in high places, if it is true, he must do these things. We must cut our throats, the fly in the bottle. Insane, the insane fly, which over the city is the bright light of shipwreck. They await. War in the news is war, as always. That the juices may flow in them though the juices lie. Great things have happened on the earth and given it history, armies and the ragged hordes moving and the passions of that death. But who escapes death among these riders of the subway? They know by now as I know. Failure and the guilt of failure as in Hardy's poem of Christmas. We might half hope to find the animals in the sheds of a nation kneeling at midnight, farm animals, Draft animals, beasts for slaughter because it would mean they have forgiven us or, which is the same thing, that we do not altogether matter. They can be a brick in a brick wall. The eye picks so quiet of a Sunday. Here is the brick that was waiting here when you were born. Marianne. Clarity in the sense of transparency. I don't mean that much can be explained. Clarity in the sense of silence. This is the myth of the blaze. Night sky, birds whirl to know, to know in my life to know, 
what I have said to myself, the dark to escape in, brilliant highways in the night sky finally, why had they not killed me? Why did they fire that warning, wounding cannon only the one round? I hold a superstition because of this lost, to be lost, Wyatt's lyric and Resi's running through my mind in the destroyed and guilty theater of the war I'd cried and remembered. Boyhood, degradation, other degradations in this crime I will not recover from that landscape. It will be in my mind, it will fill my mind, and this is horrible deathbed pavement, the secret taste of being lost, dead. Clown in the bird's world, what names but my name and my love's name to speak? Into the eyes of the tiger, blaze of changes, named the animals, name and name the vigorous, dusty, strong animals gather under the joists, the boys older than they, giving them darkness, the gifted, dark, the names, the names, the little, adventurous words, a mountain, the cliff, a wave, a taxonomy, I believe in the world, because it is impossible, the shack on the coast, under the eaves, the rain barrel flooding, in the weather and no lights, across rough water illumined as though the narrow end of the funnel. What are the names of the tiger to speak to the eyes of the tiger, blaze of the tiger who moves in the forest, leaving no scent but the pine needles, his eyes blink quick in the shack in a knife cut and the opaque white bread each side of the knife. The translucent mechanics comb through the piers, the wind moves in the clever city, not in the doors but the hinges, finds the secret of motion as though the hollow ships moved in their voices, murmurs, flaws in the wind, fear, fear at the lumber mastheads, and fetched a message out of the sea again, say angels, say powers, obscurely things in the self, prosody sings in the stones to entrust to a poetry of statement at close quarters, a living mind in that one's own. What then? What spirit of the bed sees? Archangel of the tide brimming in the moon streak comes in whose absence Earth crumbles. Silver as the needle's eye of the horizon and the noise of their entrance, row on row the waves move landward, convictions, net of branches in the horde of events, the sacred swarm, avalanche, massed in the sunset, needle after needle, more numerous than planets or the liquid waves. In the tide drifts, we believe, we believe. Beyond the cable car streets and the picture window lives the glittering, crumbling night of obstructions and the stark structures that carry wires over the mountain. One writes in the presence of something, moving close to fear. I dare to pity no one. Let the rafters pity, the air in the room under the rafters pity in the continual sound, our chords not yet struck, which will be struck nevertheless. Yes. O withering seas of the doorsteps and local winds unveil the face of art, carpenter, 
plunge and drip in the sea, art's face, we know that face, more blinding than the sea, a haunted house, a limited consensus unwinding its powers toward the thread's end in the record of great blows, shocks, ravishment, devastation, the wood splintered, the keyboard gone and the rank grass swept a hand over the strings and the thing rang out over the rocks and the ocean, not my poem, Mr. Steinway's poem, not mine. A marvelous object is not the marvel of things. Twisting the new mouth, forcing the new tongue, but it rang. The taste. Old ships are preserved for the queer silence of obedient seas, the cut waters floating in the still water, with their cozy black ironwork and Swedish seamen dead, the cabins hold the spaces of their deaths, and the hammered nails of necessity carry through the ocean where the moon rises grandly in the grandeur of cause. We have a taste for bedrock beneath this spectacle to gawk at. Something is wrong with the antiques. A black fluid has covered them, a black splintering, under the eyes of young wise, people talk wildly. We are beginning to talk wildly. The wind at every summit, our overcoats strip us, running for the bus, our arms stretched out in a wind from what we're sand dunes. Climbing the peak of Mount Tamalpais, the loose gravel underfoot and the city shining with the tremendous wrinkles in the hills and the winding of the bay behind it, it faces the bent ocean. Streetcars rocked through the city and the winds combed their clumsy sides in clumsy times. Sierra's weathering behind the storefronts. And sanity, that roadside weed, dreams of sports and sportsmanship in the lucid towns paralyzed under the truck tires. Shall we relinquish sanity to redeem fragments and fragmentary histories in the towns and the temperate streets? Too shallow still to drown in or to mourn the courageous and precarious children. But so is by fire. The darkness of trees guards this life of the thin ground that covers the rock ledge among the lanes and magic of the eastern woods. The beauty of silence and broken boughs and the homes of small animals, the green leaves of young plants, above the dark green moss and the sweet smell of rot, the pools and the trickle of fresh water, first life, rotting life, hidden starry life, it is not yet a mirror like our lives. We have gone as far as is possible, whose lives reflect light like mirrors. One had not thought to be afraid, not of shadow but of light, Summon one's powers. That was George Oppen, recorded throughout his career and used by permission of New Directions. You have been listening to the Essential American Poets podcast, produced by the Poetry Foundation in collaboration with poetryarchive.org. To learn more about George Oppen and other Essential American poets, and to hear more poetry, go to poetryfoundation.org.